You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. If this is your first time here, my name is J.D. Miller. The beautiful lady on stage here before is my wife, my beautiful wife. We uh, are the parents of two beautiful children. Three. Thank you. Thank you. I was just testing you guys, making sure you know that there are three. Two of them look alike. There are three of them. Thank you. Welcome to Connect Community. We've been in this series, um, November now. This is part three, the last part of this series called Powered By. And we've been talking about uh, the power of God. We've been starting every message with this passage found in 1 Corinthians 4.20, where it says that the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And if you were here the first week, we talked about the relevance of this power, that the relevance of God's power today in 2016 is to reveal the fullness of God through Jesus. Is to reveal the fullness of God through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And what that means is that independently of your set of circumstances, independently of your need, and some of you have real tangible needs, pressing needs, needs that are taking your energy, needs that are taking your attention. You may be here today and by any outer evaluation, you have no lack. You're good. But independently of that, there is this reality that comes with, with us knowing the fullness of God that takes our attention. There is this, this pursuit that becomes the main thing because, not because your circumstance is not important, not because your need is less relevant in your life, but because God's reality, His fullness, is that much more interesting. It's that much more attractive. It's that much more fulfilling. And that is the relevance of the power of God in 2016, today here. Now, some of you are here today because of that, in fact. You are here today because even though you might have a need, you are here today because something within you drives you toward discovering this reality of God. If you're not a church person, you might not identify it as Christianity or Jesus, but you have this curiosity about God. You have this, this thing in you that drives you to pursue, and you want to find out how does your life relate to God, not 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on the cross, not when the Big Bang happened or when Genesis happened, not years ago, but today, right here, right now. How does God relate to you? So last week, we talked about how to tap into this power, how to activate this fullness of God in our lives. And we shared about this disruption that exists. But through a relationship with God, this disruption is fixed. And now we have full community with God. And I encouraged you to practice a discipline, this simple discipline of prayer, because your relationship with God will evolve through disciplines. And the, the, the beautiful thing about disciplines is that it involves your whole self. Not just your spirit, not just your mind, not just your body, but everything and, and every single part of who you are. And prayer does that too. And if you remember, we shared 
a simple acrostic as a prayer formula. It's not the only formula out there. There are some great formulas out there. But this acrostic across the word heart. I encourage you to pray with heart. And the reason why we encourage you to pray with heart is that within that acrostic, you begin your prayer by honoring God. You lift him up. You honor God. You say, God, you are all powerful. You recognize who he is. You recognize his attributes. You say, you are all loving. You are powerful. You are amazing. And I praise you today. I worship you today. Then you exalt God. You, you lift him up above your circumstances. You lift him up above your life. And you say, God, you are number one. I take your place in my life. And you submit your life to him. You submit yourself to him. And you make him number one. And then you can bring your petitions with confidence. Not as a wish, wondering if it's going to happen. Not as a wish, saying words out into the air like Alini mentioned earlier. But because you know that he's all-powerful and all-loving. Because you know that he is for you. And because you have submitted your life to him, you can bring your petitions with, with confidence. Not only things you need, but your dreams. Your vision. You can do that with confidence. Not just for yourself, but for others too. And then once you've done that, you can release. Release control. It's a big one. Release your anxieties. Release your desires. And then you thank him for who he is. And if you practice that, the importance of practicing this discipline daily is that it will begin to develop that relationship. And it will begin to reveal the fullness of God within you. Now, the reason why we parked on this one discipline last week is because I believe in my heart, in my whole heart, because I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in other people's lives, that that one discipline, when done appropriately, when you pray with heart, when done within the context of, of submitting yourself to God and really seeking God, it brings in all the other disciplines together. All of a sudden you have a desire to read more and, and meditate more on on. God's word. You have a desire to be in his presence more. You have a desire to be more generous, to help other people. You have a desire to reach out and change your community and your family. Now, again, like I said, most people nowadays have this interest in experiencing God. They have this interest within to discover God, to find out about God. Maybe that's what drove you into this community today. Maybe that's what drove you to be a part of a church. You discovered Jesus in the process. But most people, they have this desire to have a relationship with God. They might not label it as Christianity. They might not include Jesus in the process of it. But they have this desire all around us. People in your family, people that you work with, people in your school. They all have this desire to seek this unknown part. Something that goes beyond talk like the Apostle Paul shared. Something that goes beyond our five senses. Something that is deeper, more meaningful. That brings out of life this fullness. And that's actually what drove us to this series. Because I believe with all my heart. That need and that desire. You discover the solution for it. That, that, that search that people have in their hearts. You discover it in the context of our relationship with God. And this is what I know, too, in my heart. This is a conviction of our team and our hearts here, that this Sunday is important. 
getting together here on Sundays is very important. It's important for us to give God our, our honor. It's important for us to get around people who believe, get around people who encourage us, get around people who are sharing different stories of their relationship with God, different stories of the fullness of God in their lives. Is this, this is where God speaks to us. This is where we get that connection. And this is meant to be a catalyst. Our Sunday mornings are meant to be a catalyst. I know many of you here, you, you come and you are ignited from within to go out and make a difference. But here's what I know too, and we share this as a team, that it is not within these walls that you need the power of God the most. It is not within these walls that you need God's love the most. It's not within these walls that you need God's transformation the most. It's not within these walls that you need His light the most. Therefore, our Sundays, as important as, as they are, they are a catalyst to ignite us, to go out and change our world for the better and make a difference. And many of you, you've been in this journey and you've been practicing prayer. You've been seeking God and you've been coming here on Sunday mornings and being part of our connect groups and different things that we do together. And you have this sense on the inside that there's, there's got to be an output there's got to be a way for me to release this life that I have on the inside. And how, how can I do this? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. If you go to the Gospel of John, the Apostle John, John who walked with Jesus, John who reclined at Jesus' chest in the Last Supper, John who stood by Jesus' mother at the foot of the cross, the Apostle John who Jesus said from the cross, there is your mother, there is your son, basically entrusting his mom to John. He starts his gospel, he starts his writing by expressing and, have, and giving a description of Jesus that's much different than all the other gospels. It's different than all the other writings that we find. John does not start with Mary and Joseph. John doesn't start with the angel telling Mary that she's about to have a son. John starts with this beautiful description of Jesus, saying that in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He uses this very contemporary description for his time. It was a contemporary description for his community. Readers, listeners of this passage would have understood it a lot different than you and I understand it. Because for you and I, light is an utility. Light is a bill that you pay every month. Light is a utility that you use when you're in darkness. If it's dark, turn on the light and now you can see. You can make better, you can make better decisions. You can walk with a little bit more confidence because there's light. But for these listeners, they don't have this scientific paradigm that we have. The people listening or reading this passage, for them, and maybe this is one of the reasons why for us it's a little bit harder to listen and, and to observe what creation actually preaches to us every single day because we have shifted over to this scientific mindset which is not bad but I feel like a little of our a little bit of our senses on this other side have been calloused that's another message for another day to these listeners light was something special something treasured when they thought about the sun 
They didn't have electricity. It was either sun or fire. When they thought about the light, they thought about this, this power, this energy that actually allows everything to live. Without light, without the sun, nothing can exist. Nothing lives. And John is telling them this reality to, to this culture that to the very least they respect and revere light as something important in their lives for their very existence. But some of them even worshipped the sun as a god because they saw the importance of light. And John is describing using this contemporary analogy, this imagery to tell him, listen, do you want to know how essential this life that comes out of Jesus is? Do you want to know how essential he is to you and to me and to humanity? He is light. He is light. Without him, nothing can exist. Without him, nothing can be. He is light. And then he continues, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God. Who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. What a description. What a description of Jesus and his reality to us. He says his life transcends his humanity. His life goes from before the foundations of the world till now. And what he has done, he has shown us God. This reality that we've been seeking, this meaning that we've been searching for, He has shown it to us in the flesh. And some of you think that God is going to come down and smite you. Some of you think that God wants to make you slaves. Some of you think that God wants you to be a servant. But here's what Jesus came to reveal. When He revealed God, He was full of truth. This is what we want. We want truth. We all seek truth. When he revealed God, he revealed grace. And out of that fullness of truth and grace in Jesus, this is what you and I have received. This is when he gets, it gets powerful. John is telling you and I, we have received grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. Not condemnation. He hasn't given us what we deserve. He has given us grace. A merited favor. He has given us what we don't deserve in a good way. And then he makes a statement that if you just read over, you will miss it. He says, no one has ever seen God. Talking about God the Father. The only God. This is Jesus. He puts Jesus at, place of, at the place of divinity who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. In effect, he was saying, do you want to know what, Jesus, what God thinks about you? Look at Jesus. Do you want to know how much God loves you? Look at how much Jesus loved you. Do you want to know the kind of difference that God can make in your life? 
Look at what Jesus has done to us. And look at what he has done to the world. In fact, he said, he's not looking to get anything from you. He wants to give to you. And we find that in a passage in Luke where Jesus himself said, For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This life, this empowering feeling, this, this, this power, this energy. The kingdom of God who is not, does not consist in talk but in power. It is God's good pleasure to give it to you and I. Now, there are three avenues, and I'm going to get practical with you here today. There are three avenues that we get to share this life that we find in Jesus. But before I share that, I got I to gotta go back to the one requirement that you and I have. To share this life, this Jesus, this light that John so beautifully described. And we find that in Corinthians. I, I love this passage because this, this idea is implied in many other scriptures, but Paul is dealing with the church that, that goes through a lot of the challenges that you and I go through as a church, even here 2,000 years later. Paul has a church in Corinth, which was a, a, a town with all different, it was a, 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 a shipping town, a, a transient city. So a lot of people from different cultures, different ideas, different ideologies lived there. And so you have this clash of beliefs, this clash of cultures. And these people are coming under one roof, discovering Christ, discovering the fullness of God in their lives. And you find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 and through 7, the Apostle Paul says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To teach, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, I love that passage because it talks about gifts, service, and activities. This is pretty much every single avenue of output that we put out as human beings, right? It's our gifts, our talents, our services what we do for others, in our activities, everything else. But he, 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 he gives the purpose. It's for the common good. It's for the common good of all. It's not for yourself. It's for the common good, which means this, that if you are to share God's presence, God's power, if you are to share God's light in this world, you have to care. You have to care. You have to care about it. You have to care about people. You have to care about the people you live with. You have to care about the people you work with. You have to care about the people that are in our communities. You have to care about where their life is going. If you, if you, if you see somebody who's living under their abilities, who's leave, living under the plan and, 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 and the purpose of God for their lives. You know that God has more for them. You have to care. Something has to move you. Something has to churn within you. And you gotta, you got to have that sense within you of compassion. Listen, Jesus was moved by compassion. In fact, if you read through the Gospels, there are certain parts there where the word compassion in Greek means that he physically felt pain for them in his gut. 
down here. He saw their condition and he was moved by compassion. So you have to care. Now the power of God will be released through you in several different avenues. But I want to highlight three. Three avenues that involve the church, involve yourself. But, you know, there are different contexts. But I want to highlight three today before we finish. And uh, if you're taking notes, you can write these three points. Points. Uh, the first one is through your abilities, just like what he mentioned in the passage there on, on 1 Corinthians 12. Through your abilities. But what I want to highlight today is specifically the spiritual gifts. Now, we, aside from the context that we share every single week here about helping people and encouraging people and using your talents, your natural talents, using your abilities and your kindness and, and reaching out to people, there is a set of gifts that begin to develop once you've been exposed to this fullness of God, all right? And these are the spiritual gifts. Once you've been exposed to God and to His reality and to His fullness, this thing begins to develop inside of you. And this is not like a, uh, something weird that's way over there. This is something that every single person has on the inside in seed form. God has assigned for every single person a set of gifts. And some of them are spiritual gifts. And Paul begins to explain a little later in that same chapter in Corinthians 12. And so he explains what these spiritual gifts are to this church. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, if you're here and this is your first time here in church, this is all Greek to you, right? It's the same as reading in the original. But what Paul is actually explaining here to this young church is that they're, they're having a, a problem. It's a good problem. But because they've been exposed to this life of Jesus, because they've been exposed to this new reality, the fullness of God has hit them full. And now... There's these gifts that are being developed, that people are growing in. And Paul is bringing them under one, one uh, clarification. He's clarifying to them. He's saying, listen, this is what happens when you begin to grow in your relationship with God. These gifts will begin to grow within you. And they are first for the common good. And I truly believe that within this, like the spiritual gifts are a great avenue for us to change the world around us. Like I said before, like not in a off-putting, weird way, but for the common good. And I believe that we're going to, we're going to, we have already begun to see, but you will begin to see that within you. Some of you, 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 have, you have seen this, this new life spring up, and you might not know what to do with it. Let me encourage you to trust the, 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 the voice of God within you and do it within a context that, that will bless people, that is for the common good. But don't hold back. Allow those gifts that God has growing within you, to be active in, in your reality, in, in, in your sphere of influence. 
And you will see transformation. The second thing that I want to highlight today is that God's power will be released through your life, through your words. And this is a big one. It is very important that we pay attention to the words that we speak. It's a huge one. In Jeremiah, when God called him to be a prophet, his first reaction when he heard the voice of God saying that I have called you to be a prophet to the nations, his first reaction was like, oh God, but I am I'm such a young person. I'm only but a youth. And immediately God stopped him in his track. He said, do not say you are only a youth because I have called you. Now, sometimes we are our worst enemies. You are in prayer or you have a, 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 an inspiration on the inside and you feel like God is giving you words of encouragement. God is telling you like things that you will accomplish, things that you are meant to do. And you put it through your filter. And what comes out is actually negative words. Let me tell you this, like pay attention to what you're saying and speak the words that God is speaking over you. Speak the reality that God is speaking over you. Because that, when you declare and you align yourself with God's word, you will see the transformation. What happens sometimes is that we speak against ourselves. We speak against God's dream for our lives. But the word of God is full of examples when God changed people's words. You know what? Say the weak, I am strong. You will see the goodness of God in your life. You will achieve what he has set for you to achieve. You will see his promise in your life. And we will see the transformation of God here in Stanford, in our communities. We will see that because that is what God wants to do. And when you begin to align your words, when you begin to speak what God is putting within you, you begin to see the transformation because there's word, there's power in your word. So make sure that in your speech, in your words, you are admitting, you are transmitting this power. And the last one, the last point is through your works. God's power will be revealed to those around you, to your sphere of influence, through your works. This light that Jesus is to you will be shown through your work. God's power is always connected to his purpose. It's not just loose out there for our own uh, self. I want to say aggrandizement again. <laughs> for us to build ourselves up. But the power of God is always connected to his purpose. Now, when it comes to God's work on earth, I have to mention the local church because I truly believe that the local church is a great avenue for God's work on earth. And some of you, you have been feeling the need to plug in. you got to get into what God is doing here at Connect Community and the local church. Because it's through the avenues of the local church that you will see heart transformation. You'll see that light begin to change people. Now, this community started a little over two years ago in our living room. There were five or six of us there. And we were praying and believing and claiming, speaking God's word and claiming Stanford in our community, Fairfield County, Westchester County, the greater region here, claiming it for God, not for ourselves, not to build a big organization so we can put our name 
underneath it and have a cool logo that people can put in their bumper stickers. But so that lives can be transformed by this beautiful, beautiful light that can sustain every single dream and carry us through our lives with power. Now we are in a few more living rooms. We're in Jessica and Peter's living room. We're in Don's living room. We're in Felipe and Valeria's living room. We are in Max's gym. We are in the basketball court. We are in Allison and Lily's. Thank you, Lily. We are in their living rooms. And this work that began here in Stanford, I believe, is a great avenue for you to apply your abilities and for you to speak the words that God has been speaking to you, to see the transformation in our community. Now, it is important that we realize this because it's an example that we've been using from biology, actually, that every living thing, for every living thing to grow into full maturity, you need to release power. If God gives you an idea, if he gives you an inspiration, whatever season of life you're in, you might feel like you're too young. You might feel like you're a little less young. Whatever season of life you're in, when God gives you an idea, do not keep it to yourself. When he gives you an inspiration, do not keep it to yourself. When he gives you a, 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 a voice to speak, do not keep it to yourself. When he gives you a platform, do not keep it to yourself. But release it to others. Use it to bless others for the common good. Whatever context of life you're in, keep it in mind that God wants to use you to transform our neighborhoods, our families, our workplace. And you carry that light. You carry that. Can you stand with me right now? Do you receive that today? Amen.